This offseason has been wild with Kentucky basketball losing out on transfer portal players, whiffing on prospects, getting some guys to come back. But now it looks like the Wildcats have randomly stumbled upon a unicorn. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be discussing a commitment to the Kentucky Wildcats for this year's team. Zvonmir Isevich is how you pronounce his name for those of you out there that don't know. A seven foot two center from Croatia. This has kind of blindsided a lot of Kentucky fans. We're going to dive into what this massive, literally, this massive commitment means for John Calipari and the Wildcats. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the show. If you're listening on podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you threw a follow there as well. And just to give you guys an update, we are now officially back in the full swing of things. It's August. Football season is nearly upon us. So we will be going back to an episode every single weekday. Really excited to have you guys along as we continue to get closer to Kentucky football and Kentucky basketball. But I want to talk about basketball today because we have a literally huge prospect to talk, to do uh, to discuss today. Again, Zvonimir Isevic is his name. He is a seven foot two center out of Croatia. There were rumors swirling for about a week or so that Kentucky was looking at adding a player from overseas. And there were a couple of names thrown out there. Isevich was thrown out there as well. And it felt like Kentucky honed in on him this past weekend, and they landed him and got him to commit. I think it's kind of funny the way that we ended up getting the announcement. It was about 6 a.m., I believe, uh, my time. And it was about uh, somewhere around noon uh, in in, uh, Isevich's time, I believe in Croatia, posted on his Instagram story to let everybody know that he was committed to the University of Kentucky. Go Cats. It's very funny. It was just a just a blue background and some white text saying, hey guys, I'm coming instead of like a like a fancy video or, or commitment graphic that you normally see out of these guys. And I think that the lackluster commitment uh, graphic or excitement, I think does not really justify the excitement that should be surrounding this commitment. As we all know, Aaron Bradshaw and Yugan Onyenzo, Kentucky's two big men, out with injuries for various periods of time. Uh, Yugan Onyenzo is expected to return at some point here soon. Aaron Bradshaw also expected to return at some point here soon. Uh, but with both of these guys being out for what could be, honestly, a longer period of time than some of us may expect, Kentucky needed to take a detour. They needed to get an out in case things don't go well, and to be honest with you, I thought Trey Mitchell working at the five was a lot of fun to watch throughout Kentucky's trip in the Global Jam in Canada, but you can't do that for the entirety of the season. I know that Trey Mitchell's played center in the past at various places, UMass, West Virginia, Texas, 
But Kentucky, I think, is going to want to get some size and get some depth in this room because if Trey Mitchell goes down, uh uh-oh, you've got a huge problem. So they added, instead of going out and getting a player in the transfer portal, a veteran guy, they said, how about we just go to Croatia and get a guy that's averaging double digits against 20-year-olds in professional leagues? So let's go ahead and kind of take a look into statistically what this man did. So in the ABA League... He averaged 7.1 points, 5.5 rebounds, 1.3 blocks in just 14 and a half minutes. He played in 33 games for SC Derby. Again, that's in the ABA League in 2022. He followed this up by averaging 11.5 points, 5.3 rebounds, and 3.4 blocks in just 19 minutes per game in the U-20 European Championships. This is per Jack Pilgrim of KSR. He knocked down 34% of his three-pointers, and I believe in this European championship, not in the ABA League, he averaged, I think he shot 74% from inside the arc. Pause and take a moment and understand just how absurd that is. Of course, you would tend to expect a guy that's seven foot two that can run with the ball uh, is able to finish at a, at a high rate, but 74% is very impressive per Tristan Ferris on Twitter at Tristan UDA or I guess X now is what it's called uh seven foot two 220 pound big man fluid moves very well for his size uh EVCH plays outside in and has high potential his ABA playoff averages were 15.7 points per game 8.3 rebounds one block per game he shot 63 percent from the floor again pause for emphasis on 63 percent from the floor and 40% from three. So let's kind of back up here and let's reapproach this one more time. This is a seven foot two Croatian man who averaged almost 16 a game in his, his uh, U20 playoffs and his ABA playoffs, shot 40% from deep at seven foot two and averaged and shot 63% from the floor, averaged eight rebounds to go along with those 16 points. You watch this kid's highlight reels. And it is like something out of a movie. It's like something out of a video game. It is startling to watch a seven foot two Croatian dude run the ball up the court, take two dribbles, and he's at the rim. And he's either throwing it down or he's he's finishing. He's got um, some interesting moves that he has around and in the paint. I am very, very, very intrigued to see what he can do for UK this season. This is a very versatile, talented, long fascinating prospect this may be the the, throughout my time doing this show this may be the most fascinating pickup Kentucky basketball has gotten because there's absolutely NBA lottery upside here 100% and I understand that a lot of you guys don't care about the NBA lottery but I need you to understand what we're dealing with here this is not Kristaps Porzingis I don't think it is but it's something close to it And I'm very fascinated to see how he operates at the center position for Kentucky this season. Because to be completely honest with you, if they wanted to, if Kentucky really wanted to, just based off of his highlights alone, you could probably get this kid to play at power forward. If you really wanted him to, you could get Aaron Bradshaw or Nienzo at your center spot and you could let this kid run at the four. I truly believe that because he has the clear shooting ability, 
He has some decent handling that I don't know if it's going to necessarily translate well to the collegiate game, um, but it, it's it's way impressive for a seven foot two guy, and he's got the finishing. Now, the thing that I've seen that has been the biggest knock on Isevich, and I've I've watched it kind of in his his highlight reel, is that there's a question about his physicality and his drive and love for the game. I don't care if he loves the game. What I care is if he wants to come to Kentucky and perform and develop and become a very good basketball player for John Calipari, and that's why he wants to come here according to what he said post-commitment. He's excited to come to the best place in America to develop as a basketball prospect. I think that that's all he, if that's all he's looking for, if the, if he's treating this like a job, it's very similar to the way people view Nikola Jokic, right? Uh, some people question his desire to actually go out there and play, his excitement to play the game. If you're winning NBA titles and you're dropping triple doubles, like it's literally like it's breathing, I don't really think it matters how much the man loves the game. If he's making the money that he wants to, if he's winning, if he's gaining the accolades that he wants to, and he's doing his job, great. And things like this, I think, are a clear opportunity for players overseas to get hundreds of thousands of dollars, and I believe actually Pilgrim wrote about that, um, hundreds of thousands of dollars to come and actually perform before they get to the NBA. So this is, I think, a monetary incentive for Isevich. I think it's a development incentive because of what Cal and this coaching staff can do for him. And in this new offense, I think he's going to be fun. I think he's going to be able to expand on his already versatile um, arsenal, I guess you could say here. And I understand if people question his physicality. Obviously, the seven foot two, two hundred and twenty pound man should maybe put on a little bit, just a little bit more weight, and get that upper body strength and get that that push going. I would say I think that's fair. I think that that's something that he can work on. But how Kentucky utilizes him, I, I just don't know if there's going to be a lot of moments where they just beg him to to go one on one with a 250-pound, 6'10", 6'11", big man, and just beg him to to hold up in the paint. Because you are going to get Ugunna Nienzo back, who is bulked up. You are going to get Aaron Bradshaw back, who is also going to help you protect the rim. Kentucky, I think, will be fine in that department. Isavich, get that muscle going, get your weight up a little bit, get more physical. I think that's great. I think that, that that's a, a direction he needs to take his game throughout these next few months before the season starts. But I don't know necessarily know if it's like the thing that has to happen in order for him to just become the number one overall pick. I think he's got lottery upside. I am very impressed with his highlight reel. It's it's almost unnatural the way that he plays the game at his height. Um, he may genuinely unlock a new ceiling for the Wildcats because they are now with with his addition. Kentucky is tall. I look at the look, just look through the roster. You've got a seven footer in Aaron Bradshaw. Six foot eleven in Ugunonienzo. You've got two six foot nine guys in Trey Mitchell and Jordan Burks. You've got six foot eight Justin Edwards at your small forward spot. You've got six 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 seven Adu Thiero, who is a tank somewhere between your three and four spot, maybe even your one if you really want to put him there for some fun fun lineup rotations. But you've got also instead of a five foot six five foot seven point guard, you've got six three DJ Wagner and six foot three combo guard Reed Shepard. And Rob Dillingham on top of that is six two as well. Perfect. I, I think that this lineup is fun. 
I think that this team is going to be exciting. You've got some veteran pieces, Antonio Reeves, Trey Mitchell. You've got some of these younger guys that I think are going to be exciting to watch. You've got Adu Thiero as your kind of your glue guy here in a way. And then you've got Aaron Bradshaw in Uganda Nienzo and Zvonimir Isivic. Again, that's how I believe how you pronounce his name. That's how the announcers pronounce his name. Um, I, I'm just doing it here in my somewhat Southern accent. Uh, you've got him also in this in this front court rotation, truly changing the way Kentucky basketball's ceiling looks. I mean, this was just out of the blue, to be honest with you. For it to have developed in about a week, for it to develop in the public news cycle, and then for Kentucky to actually implement and execute and actually go and get him, as opposed to what they did in the transfer portal, beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I am thrilled to have Zvonimir Isevich on the roster, and I am very, very excited to actually see this kid play because I will probably get to see him play in person a couple of times this year. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a special experience with Kentucky having now uh, what could be a healthy roster heading into November as one of the best of the nation. And I, I want to dive into this a little bit more. I want to dive into Aaron Bradshaw. You got Anienzo. The CBS Sports Top 25-1. and one. I want to dive into this rotation and what it means for UK and where they should be right now nationally. Before I get to that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You have to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame on your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. They have really simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can very quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates that you actually want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Really appreciate everybody that makes Locked On Kentucky their first listen every single day. Again, want to remind you guys, if you're listening on YouTube, please subscribe to the show. We are going to have so much fun content here coming through August as football season gets closer and closer. I know the beginning of the season for the Wildcats is not like the most exciting because you've got three or four games at the beginning, excluding Vanderbilt. Let's respect the Commodores for a second. You've got three games to start the season in September where it's like you should win, you should develop, you should kind of get things going, and we'll talk about that. But you don't really see Kentucky play anybody of note until that Vanderbilt game week four, and then you've got Florida week five, and at Georgia week six. I mean, things pick up very rapidly after that. So I'm excited to dive in with you guys what this team can look like, what the different pieces on this offense are, because I think with the transfer portal additions that Mark Stoops has gone out and gotten, this team truly has a higher ceiling. Talk about ceilings here. Truly a higher ceiling than most people out there may see. So I'm excited about that. I can't wait to share that con those conversations with you guys. As for now, let's kind of reset things. So Zvon Mir Isevich committed to the to the Kentucky Wildcats here. Seven foot two center, Croatian, just a, just a mammoth of a man. Fascinating highlight reel, unicorn type of player. 
Kristaps Porzingis-esque, needs a little bit more physicality, great three-point shooter. Um, I'm excited to see him develop. You're going to have him in your front court, arguably as your starter at center. Aaron Bradshaw and Uganda Nyenzo are currently hurt, as we all know. With those two guys being out, we need to discuss what this Kentucky starting five could potentially look like. As of right now, I think that it is comfortable to say that DJ Wagner is your starting point guard for this upcoming season, and Antonio Reeves is your starting shooting guard for this upcoming season. That is a great, that is an elite starting backcourt, and you don't even get to discuss Rob Dillingham and Reed Shepard, who will be coming off the bench for Kentucky more than likely this upcoming season. That may be the best backcourt in the SEC. Full stop. Then you have an exciting player at your small forward in Justin Edwards, who really showed some things as the Global Jam continued to go on, showed some great catch-and-shoot abilities, showed some interesting ways to get to the rim. Very crafty. I feel like that's not something that you would say to describe Justin Edwards' game, but I thought the lefty did some interesting things throughout the Global Jam offensively. Trey Mitchell will likely be your starting four or your starting five, may rotate down to the five depending on what Kentucky's doing with their lineups this upcoming season. Mitchell, a very versatile player in his own right, probably going to be paired at the beginning of the season if everyone's not everyone's healthy, excluding Aaron Bradshaw and Onyenzo. I think Isovich is probably going to be your starting five. That first game, I believe against Kansas. I may be wrong on that. I need to go check because I don't think Kentucky's officially announced their non-con slate yet, and it's kind of annoying because I believe they actually just added St. Joe's just a couple days ago, but like they, they, they're still trying to figure out the pieces here as they are with their rotation, clearly. But I think Isevich is going to be your primary center until Bradshaw and Onyenzo can get healthy. And even if Bradshaw becomes 100% quicker than Onyenzo does, I think that you probably have him rotating at the four maybe letting Mitchell play more of a, more of a five type of role considering he's been there before. I don't know. You could swap it. It's a very versatile, fluid lineup that Kentucky has, I think, this season. And that's why I'm so excited to watch this team, man, is that they just feel like they've got a lot of different choices. They've got a, a lot of different ways they can take this. And with John Welch being the guy that's kind of or reignited the offensive fireworks here for UK, and I'm assuming they're going to be much better offensively, I mean, guys like Isovich are going to slide into this lineup. And they're going to be fine. What does this do for Aaron Bradshaw and Uganda Onyenzo and their development, though? Because here's what could happen. We could get closer to the season with Bradshaw and Onyenzo practicing a little bit and getting their feet wet again and just trying to figure some things out health-wise. And while they may be able to go, Cal says for these first few games, hang on, we're going to hold off for a second. We're going to let you guys get fully healthy before we put you out there again, just so that we don't risk injuring you further. That could be the case here. That could be the reality where Kentucky has the ability to play these guys, but they don't. And they hold off, and they hold off, and they hold off. Does this hinder Aaron Bradshaw's development? Does this hinder his ability to get drafted? That's a very real possibility. We've seen that happen with Kentucky players recently, how it's affected their draft stock and it's frustrated a lot of people that Kentucky just can't get them out on the court because a lot of people want to see him play. They're excited to see him. That's why they committed to UK as as so that they could go out there and play for the Wildcats. And man, a lot of people really want to see that. I am afraid 
And this is what I said whenever I overreacted, whenever Bradshaw first got hurt. I'm afraid there is still a reality where Bradshaw hardly plays at all this season because, well, the time, by the time he gets in, it's just like, oh, man, like you haven't really developed enough. You haven't really worked out with the team enough. And so, therefore, it's kind of a, a damage to what we've going, got going on chemistry-wise. And all of these guys are up here with what they've learned with everything offensively and defensively, and you're still here trying to, like, drag it along. I, I'm really hopeful that that is not the case. And I doubt it is, but I want us to be open to that possibility just so that we can accept the fact that, look, if Bradshaw is not ready to go, I think Zvonimir is going to be perfect at the four of the five. I think he is. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him pop as another lottery pick for Kentucky because they've got, what, one, two, maybe three or four on the team this season? I mean, genuinely. And the, the fourth, obviously, is the guy I want to talk about here next, and that's Onyenzo. Onyenzo with that foot injury, I don't know how long he's supposed to be out right now because some certain people say, oh, we should be back in a couple of weeks. Some people say, oh, it's going to take a couple of months. Like, I, I want him to be back before the beginning of the season because I think he is Kentucky's best defensive option that they have maybe on this team. If they can get him back before the season starts, it allows you to do some things with Zvonimir that you would not otherwise be able to do, i.e. sliding him up, moving some things around, maybe doing that Twin Towers thing that you had spoken about previously with Bradshaw, except I think that you have you may have a better shooter in, in, in Zvonimir here. You may have a better shooter. Um, so Kentucky, I think, with Aaron Bradshaw and Onyenzo Hurt, it really is interesting to see how this rotation pans out depending on who comes back healthy first. Because I think it will tr it will impact what Kentucky's matchups look like this season. We have yet to discuss on this show, and we're going to hear, and we may do it this week, we're going to at some point discuss and preview some of these early non-conference slate ma matchups because Kentucky has some really, really tough games this non-con slate. Gonzaga, obviously. Kansas, I believe you're going to play Michigan again. You're going to get to play Louisville, who has improved, although... Some people may laugh at that, and to be honest with you, I kind of do every now and then myself, but but Louisville's going to be an improved basketball team, and it's going to be on the road there. I actually would be very tempted to go to that game. Uh, but Kentucky needs everybody to gel and get things right from a chemistry perspective before this season starts, and not having all of your guys there ready to go could end up being a problem, especially considering the guys that you don't have healthy are big, important pieces for you. Quite physically, literally, they're big, important pieces for you. So that's my concern there. If you have any thought about, thoughts about that, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below. I, I want to discuss here for a moment, if you'll let me, Kentucky basketball in the CBS Sports preseason top 25 and one rankings. And I understand that most of the time that we bring uh, rankings or bracketology or Ken Palm up on the show, we are overly critical uh, of some of these guys and the way that they project things out. I'm going to sit here again and tell you again today that somebody has once again misplaced the Loudcats in their rankings, but I'm not going to be as harsh because to be honest with you, because it, we're so far out and the preseason rankings normally aren't correct anyway, so I'm not going to get too, too worked up over this. As it stands today, with the updated CBS Sports Top 25 and 1, again, you can you can go read this on cbssports.com. 
the Wildcats moved up one spot after the addition of Zvonimir Isevich. Again, because I'm probably looking at this through blue and white glasses, uh, I will sit here and tell you that Kentucky should probably have moved up a little higher. But when you look at some of the teams that are above them, it's really hard to see them climbing into this top 10. But at 16, one spot up from 17, I just, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't feel necessarily right for me. They passed Arizona, who was at 16. Arizona, the Wildcats, there are now 17th in the rankings. But I want you to look at the two teams ahead of Kentucky that they have in these rankings. At number 15, they've got Texas A&M. And the main reason they have Texas A&M here, they cite, is because of how veteran this team is. They returned four starters from, from a team that won 25 games and secured a number seven seed in the NCAA tournament. A second straight trip to the tournament is a likely scenario for A&M. They also mention about Kentucky, um, without even mentioning uh, Isevich, that the Cal has a decent chance to take this team to the Final Four for the first time since 2015. I find it ironic that, um, or I find it funny, rather, I should say, that Kentucky has the higher upside, but is a spot below AM who couldn't do jack in their non-cons late last year and also got blown out by a Big Ten team. And we all know we all have different opinions about the Big Ten and the NCAA tournament, but that's not neither here nor there. Number 14 here is number is, is Tennessee. And this ranking is based on the Vols returning three of their top four scores: Vescovy, Ziegler, and Josiah Jordan James. From a team that secured a number four seed in the 2023 NCAA tournament and made the Sweet 16, beat Duke, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this past March. They also return, actually, no, Chris, this is actually wrong. Chris Ledham left left Tennessee, um, actually, just a, just a couple of weeks ago. I'm very interested that, uh, okay, so that's funny. So CBS Sports just has yet to update that, but they've slot, slotted Kentucky up one spot because they brought in a potential lottery pick. That does not make sense. Okay, maybe now I am. Uh, I do have the right to be overly critical uh, because they just simply didn't update anything else. Kentucky should be, I think, 13th or 12th here. You look at number 13 and 12, San Diego State and USC. Until I see Bronny James, who, by the way, thoughts and prayers to Bronny James, who suffered a, a, a heart attack uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, until we see them... Boogie Ellis, Kobe Johnson, Isaiah Collier, uh, who Kentucky really wanted as well, until we see them actually like go and ball out in a dying conference, by the way. Uh, I'm, I'm not sold on them being top 15. I'm going to ha- actually have to see that. I'm going to actually have to see them play. San Diego State, I mean, it, it, that's fair for them to be top 15. I just don't know if it's a better team than Kentucky um, they'd return a decent amount of their production. But again, if you've already got three lottery picks on your team and you're adding a fourth and you've got two really experienced players in and the, the team looks good, I don't know. I think that Kentucky should be a couple, they should have risen a couple of more spots, especially over two teams in their conference that I think a lot of people would agree are not as good as them. AM will contend to win this league. They did it last year. To be honest with you, they probably should have won the league if things had panned out in a couple of games that they just got you know, just unlucky in. The Wildcats, though, I think are are going to be a better team in this conference. They will win more games in this conference than Tennessee or AM um, this upcoming year. So Arkansas at 11, by the way, after being 22 and 14, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Miami makes sense. Creighton, I think, should be higher. UConn should probably be a couple of spots higher than eighth on this list. 
Michigan State at five is fascinating from a team that was 21 and 13 last season. Um, but but I think they've got a really, couple of really good players coming in. Um, by the way, I got this last year at the um, at the uh, CBA or the not the Champions Classic. Actually, no, I think it was the Champions Classic. I got a little Michigan State uh, beanie here for those of you listening on podcast. Am I a Michigan State fan? No, but I like collecting different um, memorabilia from different teams. Um, also, there will probably be a day at one point where I lose a bet to a Michigan State fan to have to wear that on this show. Um, and I, I truly foresee that coming. So if you've got any thoughts on the CBS Sports Top 25 and 1 that I, once again, just kind of disagree with, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below or hit me on the socials. All right, I think that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. And you can follow the show on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, again, leave it in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.